Senator Josh Howley is under fire because he is saying the quiet part out loud. The men of America are in trouble. They are emasculated by the left. A vast majority of them are locked out of the kind of high-paying blue-collar work that used to be commonplace, and they are turning to video games, social media, and porn to cope. American men are in trouble. As our enemies take on new initiatives to affirm the masculinity in their men, America seeks to redefine it, and we are redefining ourselves out of strong men. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. What is going on, Problematic? Happy, happy Tuesday. This is the top of the week in, in Problematic world. We are Tuesdays and Fridays as of this point. Um, for my Problematics, I'll give you a little Easter egg. We will be going to five days a week at some point in the future. We are just going to try to figure out when that will be, maybe after the holidays. But um, give me a little feedback on social media. If you follow me, uh, if you want to hear me five days a week, I'm definitely going to do that. So uh, before we get into this, uh, today's episode is called Breaking Down the Left's War on Men. Um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some experiences that I had over the weekend because I I see my problematics as my friends. So I want to talk to my friends about what I did over the weekend, which you may actually be very interested in. Um, If you follow me on um, on Facebook or Instagram at Rob Smith Online, you will see I did a lot of stories from an event at Mar-a-Lago, this was the 2021 Spirit of Lincoln um, Log Cabin Republicans Award Gala, in which the Log Cabin Republicans, which is the oldest group for LGBT um, conservatives in the country, we honored the one and only Melania and Trump with our inaugural Spirit of Lincoln Award. Um, what? Is there to say about Melania Trump? I participated in in a video where you know me and a bunch of other gay conservatives talked about basically how amazing um, the the former first lady is. You know her anti bullying initiative, be best. Uh, I talked a lot about you know her fashion, which is incredible. It is crazy to me that we had a literal supermodel um, as the first lady for the past four years, and she was completely ignored by the mainstream media establishment, but that is what they do. And speaking of being ignored by the mainstream media establishment, you would probably not know <laughs> that over, I, there were definitely over six to 800 people, you know, in that room, in that gala at Mar-a-Lago, six to 800 um, LGBT, we'll, we'll just say, you know what, let's not be PC. These were gay conservatives. These were, there were, this is not LGBT, okay? So these were gay conservatives, hundreds of us, um, different colors, mind you. I was not the only um, black gay Republican in the room. There were there was lots of color in the room, um, or at least a little bit. But we were there um, in support of Melania, in support of you know former President Donald Trump, who got up and, and said a few words uh, in this beautiful location that is Mar-a-Lago. I mean, the pictures do not do it justice. It, it really is quite stunning. And of course, there is a mainstream media blackout on this. Um, the mainstream media does not want you to know that hundreds of gay and lesbian conservatives gathered at Mar-a-Lago at a gala dinner to honor former First Lady Melania Trump and former President um, Donald Trump spoke up in support of us and also Rick Grinnell, um, our, you know, the highest ranking openly gay official um, ever basically, when he was the acting director of national intelligence, was honored as well. So this was a very, very, very important event. So I wanted to let you guys know problematics um, that this happened because um, 
the mainstream media is going to ignore these things from you. So also last weekend and in getting into a, a little COVID insanity, I was in South Florida and you know, our, uh, you know, my, my social credit score has gone down because I was banned from Lyft for a couple of days because I'm not wearing a mask. Um, so anyway, that is neither here nor there. But I wanted to give you guys a, uh, a little insight into what I did last weekend, especially at Mar-a-Lago, um, honoring Melania Trump and being around a bunch of other um, gay and lesbian conservatives. It was absolutely incredible. Now, the left has a war on men. Yes, they do. I am not a crazy problematist. You guys know me. I am not a lunatic. I am not a fire-breathing, far-right lunatic. But I do believe that the left um, is waging a war on men because I do believe that, you know, weak men in, in a weak country sort of it is something that is going to further the ultimate agenda that they do have. Um, so America is dealing with a masculinity crisis right now. Okay. And this is one of those things that I believe this is not a left or right thing. Um, I believe it is just that the left is very much um, anti men and, and their agenda is very clear. America is dealing with a masculinity crisis. We have um, generation upon generation of young men, these men are disproportionately African American, by the way, who are dealing with fatherlessness. I've dealt with fatherlessness in my life. My dad was not around me growing up. My dad and I still have um, a pretty fractured relationship. He just was not there during the formative years. So when I speak about fatherlessness, um, I'm not speaking of this um, as somebody that was just, you know, born and raised in this nuclear family. I was, I'm speaking of this as somebody whose dad was not around. And I know the, the, um, the, the hole that that leaves that, that, you know, in some way can never be filled. Um, I don't know if you guys are, you know, in the music, you know, who Jay-Z is, everybody knows who Jay-Z is. You know, he went viral. Um, I believe a couple of years ago, he was doing an interview and this is a grown man. Jay-Z is in his fifties and he was, he came to tears, um, when he talked about the fact that his dad just was not around and this is why he wants to be around, you know, for, for his children that he has with Beyonce. So this is a very real thing. And a lot of these men, these young men that are dealing with fatherlessness, like I said, they are disproportionately African-American. So when you see young black men acting out on social media, when you see these viral videos, when you see these young rappers and in the ways in which um, they decide to sort of display their masculinity, you have to realize that the vast majority of these men are raised by single mothers. They, they did not have men in the household. They did not have a man in the household to teach them how to be a man. Um, so they had to learn how to be a man from the same types of people that um, they have emulated and that that message they are now spreading to the new generation. And a lot of these men, you know, outside of the rappers and outside of the, the whole, you know, black fatherlessness thing, you know, uh, there are a lot of aimless young men with no sense of purpose in America right now. And that is just a fact. I, I have known quite a few. And, and honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. The vast majority of these men that I have come into contact with in my life tend to be liberal. These people tend to be on the left. I have known quite a few liberal men in my time that are, as I put it, and this is something that I say, this is not PC, these men are totally cucked out. They're totally cucked out. And this is what I say about these men. You know, they're totally cucked out. These men are weak. They are physically not strong, okay? They physically would not be able to defend themselves 
um, in, in a street fight. They certainly would not be able to defend America, you know, should a draft ever come back around. Um, these men are physically weak. They are overweight. They are non-assertive. These men are completely dominated by their female partners. These are the kinds of men that proudly call themselves feminists, okay? And now this is not to say that men um, can't have a role in, in you know, in, in the equality of women and in, in the fact that, you know, women can do in certain aspects, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, CEO positions and stuff like that in certain aspects, you know, women can, can perform at the same level men can absolutely. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about men that will call themselves card carrying feminists, which I've always thought was very weird. I thought it was very weird um, when a man calls himself a feminist. I would never, ever call myself a feminist, um, even though I do respect women. I think there's a difference there. But anyway, um, leftism has completely taken over, I believe, and, and completely eroded masculinity. And lots of these, you know, lost, aimless young men play video games. They are addicted to internet porn, which, by the way, um, is one of the biggest issues going on right now that is not really discussed. Uh, I want to do a deeper dive into that in a later episode. But here's the thing. Nobody is talking to these young men. And when somebody really speaks out about these young men, when people speak out about this masculinity crisis, when people speak out to the issues that are facing these young men, they are completely attacked by the left, which is exactly what has happened to Senator Josh Howley. And I'm going to break down exactly what he said and how the left has attacked him for it after the break. All right, Problematics, today we are breaking down the left's war on men. And I'm going to get into to Senator Josh Hawley in a minute. You know, this is... A, a clip that I saw from him um, that really got my mind going. Guys, there's enough um, stuff going on politically right now and in, in terms of the mainstream, and we'll get to some of that stuff, you know, eventually, if not later on this episode, then definitely later on this week. But I wanted to talk about this masculinity thing. And before I get to Josh Hawley, you know, think about this. And this is what I was saying before the break, that nobody is talking to these young men that are in trouble right now, these men that are struggling with, number one, these men that are not connected spiritually. Um, these men are not going to church. These men are not connected spiritually. These men are completely and hopelessly addicted to internet porn. And I brought that up earlier. And, and if you don't think um, that internet porn, internet porn is one of the major drivers behind, you know, a lot of ED issues that young men are having, um, the, a lot of the sort of violent sexual behaviors that some of these young men are developing, they are emulating because they see this stuff in porn. Porn is, is, is a big problem. And like I said, um, I'm going to delve deeper into that in a, a forthcoming episode. But the left has abandoned these young men, okay? Nobody is talking to these young men. And, and I want to take it a step further. And we'll, we'll talk about some little subgroups here. Because I, I think that when we talk about young men, you know, people, and, and especially when the left talks about toxic masculinity and they talk about men, um, the men that they are always talking about are, are, are white men because these are the men that, that the left fears the most, right? These are the men that are going to be these radical, you know, white supremacist terrorists that are going to, you know, bring about the next January 6th and, and, and all of these other things, right? 
Um, but let's talk about, you know, some of the other men on the left that the, the left is completely ignoring. Um, think about the left and black men. When was the last time you've ever seriously heard the left mention black men? They have not. Because the left has, the left has abandoned all men, but they have specifically abandoned black men. And look, aside from the whiny, effet black liberal male elites deemed safe enough for the mainstream media to foist upon you, the vast majority of these black men of the left know it. You know, I follow uh, Mike Cernovic on Twitter. Great for this. You know, they, there's this um, phenomenon called internet dads. You know, people like Mike Cernovic, people like Jordan Peterson, um, all of these people that are speaking to young men, you know, through the power, you know, thank God of, of the internet and social media, these people that are speaking to some of these young men who literally nobody else is speaking to them. Think about why Jordan Peterson became as big as he was or still is how did jordan peterson become that big because he was speaking to young men in a way that nobody else was and of course um he was smeared by the left as oh he you know this is alt right and this is all of this this stuff and then the left has pretty much you know left him alone because he's uncancelable you can't cancel him anymore and a lot of young men are finding people like him people like cernovic right so and this is why i brought up cernovic um, and this is why I brought him up in relation to um, a lot of these young black men that have been abandoned by the left. And Cernovic, you know, brought brought this up the last time Dave Chappelle was was trying, you know, the, the left was attempting to cancel Dave Chappelle. Not this last special, but the one before this. And Cernovic had a very good point. He said, Dave Chappelle realizes, he said this, he said, Dave Chappelle is not a Republican. But he realizes that the American left has no use for him as a heterosexual black male. And so a lot of the things that he says is he's coming to terms with he he is literally without a home. And this is how a lot of um these young men feel, particularly um these young black men. That's why, look, that's why 18% of these young black men went for Trump, right? Think about gaming. I have been an out gay man since I was 19 years old, you know, the better part of 15 years. So I've seen a lot when it comes to, you know, the, the far left LGBTQ and the alphabet soup and all that stuff. I, I talk to you guys about this stuff a lot, but I've seen a lot when it comes to just the gay male community in general and how the left wing and the mainstream media is now, now that gay is celebrated and appreciated and now gay is a target demographic for the corporations that run this country. Now the mainstream media and these corporations on all these images, they have set to sort of define what it is to be a gay man in a way that it never was defined when, say, I was 19 years old, right? So my masculinity was defined in a very large part by my military service. I was a U.S. Army infantryman in my formative years. A certain level of masculinity is natural to me. And I'm not trying to say like I'm, you know, King Chad, you know, or the most manly man in the world or whatever. Um, but there's a natural level of masculinity that I have just because I was in the military. And, and also because if you guys know my story, um, I was closeted when I was in the military, you know, under the Don't Ask, Don't Tell era. But what I see in this new generation is one or two things. And, and this is, you know, these gay men. It's almost this overcorrection to delve into femininity. This is what is being pushed by the majority of LGBT celebrities, gay male-oriented celebrities. Look at Billy Porter in the dress. Look at, um, there's a guy, Todd Call, who I actually love. I love the guy's music. But the guy can't sell music w without being in drag. 
you know, with, without being in a dress, okay? Um, and they'll say, oh, I'm redefining masculinity. No, you're actually not. You are making yourself feminine to make yourself more comfortable um, to the left, which is exactly what the left wants. And like I said, what I see in this new generation of gay men is almost this overcorrection to delve headfirst into femininity when the vast majority of gay men do not want this. The vast majority of gay men do not want to be with somebody that is gender fluid. They do not want to be with a drag queen. They do not want to be with a man that puts on a dress in order to, to sell anything, in order to sell their music or their pockets, whatever. The vast majority of gay men just do not, gay men just do not want this. Um, I was hanging out in, in South Florida over the weekend. Like I said, I was at this uh, log cabin event. I have a friend. Um, I have a friend. I'll just, I won't even put his name out there. Um, because a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the people that I know or whatever, you know, I don't, I don't even want to say their first names because they can just be anonymous. This is, he is a very attractive, very stereotypically masculine man. He is six foot four. He's got facial hair. He's built like freaking, you know, Paul Bunyan or, you know, whoever the guy on the brawny paper towels is like, this is cool guy. But you should see when you, when I walk into a space with gay men with this, with this guy, I mean, you should see the way people look at him. It's insane, right? So this is, you know, what the vast majority of gay men want. The vast majority of gay men do want masculinity in a man. Okay. So delving into, you know, the left, basically, you know, they're, they're discarding of, of black men. They're discarding of, of gay men um, in, in sort of trying to in, interject, you know, in, in an unhealthy, what I believe, level of femininity into gay men. Um, back to this masculinity thing. And Josh Hawley, right? So <laughs> this um, this clip right here is going pretty viral right now. And the left immediately attacked him because that is what the left does. And I am going to tell you exactly what Josh Hawley had to say after the break. All right, I've been teasing you um, about this this Josh Hawley thing uh, for long enough, but I really wanted to talk to you about sort of my feelings about masculinity and and how the left is is basically waging war on these young men. Um, but first, when I do that, I, I, I want to play for you what Josh Hawley had to say he was doing. So a little background on this. Josh Hawley was giving a speech, and he spoke about masculinity to a conservative conference. Mind you, these are ideas that only come from the right right now. You would never, never hear anybody talk um, about masculinity in some sort of you know left-wing conference or even a mainstream Democrat conference. This is something that would literally just never happen. Um, so he was doing an interview with Axios. Um, I, I like Axios as an outlet. Uh, you know, they get a lot of, you know, they make a lot of news, they get a lot of access to these senators, and they really do um, some really good sit down interviews with these people in these moments, you know, are, tend to go viral. And, and this is a moment that went viral with him. This is um, Senator Josh Hawley talking to an Axios reporter. Senator, you gave a pretty hot speech at the National Conservatism Conference in Orlando. You talked about the left's attack on men 
of America. Yeah. Why masculinity as your new big issue? Well, I think what the left is doing is attacking America. They're saying that America is systemically oppressive and men are systemically responsible. What's a man to you? Paint a picture. What's a man? Well, a man is a father, a man is a husband, a man is somebody who takes responsibility. As conservatives, we've got to call men back to responsibility. We've got to say that spending your time not working, and we have more and more men who are not working, spending your time on video games, spending your time watching porn online while doing nothing is not good for you, your family, or this country. So a viewer's watching this and they're thinking, really, what the liberals are doing are going to push me to watch Pornhub more or play Donkey Kong more? Do you mean that literally? Well, what I mean literally is that I think the liberal attack, the left-wing attack on manhood says to men, you're part of the problem. It says that your, your masculinity is inherently problematic. It's inherently oppressive. What's your basis for linking that to what liberals or the left, as you would say, do? Is that based on data or based on a hunch? Well, it's policy over many years. I mean, if you look at the policy of deindustrialization, those are policy choices Mike pursued over many years. I've looked wait, at- Wait, wait, how does that connect to porn? Oh, well, you've got, you've got men, 16 million men, Mike, who are idle, who don't have anything to do. Now, partly that's their own responsibility, but also partly it's because jobs have dried up in many cities across America and rural areas, too. I think you put together lack of jobs, you put together fatherlessness, you put together the social messages that we teach our kids in school. I think we've got to confront that and its effects. All right, so first of all, find the lie in anything that he had to say. Now, he was obviously trending on on Twitter um, because, you know, Twitter is owned by the left. And anything that is trending on Twitter is is something that the left wants to trend on Twitter because Twitter is owned by the left and, and, you know, Dorsey and all that stuff. Like, honestly, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Smith Online if you want to. It's not a place where I spend uh, a, a massive amount of time. But like I said, find the lie in anything that the senator said. And the first thing that that really um, speaks out, like jumps out to me about this exchange that he had with the reporter is the reporter's like, well, how does this have to do with, you know, guys sitting around playing video games like Donkey Kong? Like, first of all, that is that reporter, like he, the reporter has to be 800 years old, okay? Because even I know that video games are super intense right now. I am not a gamer. I'm not passing judgment on anybody that does play video games, but I know um, that video games are intense and they're in these different worlds right now. And like, honestly, like I tapped out of video games a really long time ago. There's just like not enough, not enough time in the world. Um, and then second of all, it's like, well, how does this connect to porn? Um, and again, with the porn thing, and this is something that I, I want to do a full episode about, I really do, because there's this idea that the porn industry and pornography itself is just this benign thing that just, oh, doesn't hurt anybody. It's porn. Stop being a prude. And even, you know, I did an episode a couple of uh, a couple of months back where, you know, there was some porn star that came to a Turning Point conference. She was trying to make a name for herself. She got kicked out. Like, she was trying to have her little moment. or I, I don't even remember what her name was. It was, it was irrelevant. Um, and I was getting a pushback from a lot of conservatives are like, oh, well, you know, porn is okay. Like porn is not just this benign thing that doesn't hurt anybody. When you talk about Pornhub and you talk about um, the sex trafficking that goes on on that site, when you talk about the bad, you know, a lot of young men that are being exposed to porn at a younger and younger age, porn is teaching um, a lot of, you know, younger people in general about sex. That is not a thing that should be happening because their sexual appetites become more and more aggressive. It's, you know, it, it, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Um, so I do not agree with this idea 
um, that's pushed by a lot of people, right? This is porn has become so normalized in society that it is pushed as this thing um, that is just benign and it's cool. And if you're not, you know, pro porn, you're a prude, whatever. Um, in, in that clip, Holly speaks a lot to the fact that young men are not being called to purpose. And when I talk about my military service, especially going into, into Veterans Day, um, you know, this week, there is something about the military service, and I did it for five years. I was very young. Okay, guys, I did this from 17 to 22. But these were some very formative years where you learn how to serve, you learn integrity, you learn, you know, that there are things that are bigger than you. And I am not entirely sure. I was, you know, blessed enough and in my life took the, the turn to where I did military service. It changed me in fundamental ways. What is there today? for young men to really connect to, for young men to really connect to, to give them a sense of purpose. Um, now, I, I'm not entirely sure if, if Holly brought this up in that clip, but he brings it up a little bit more in the extended interview. I, I do um, think that you should go out and check out the interview. It's very interesting. Um, but the vast majority of, of young men, and the funny thing about it is, is that when I became involved in the conservative movement and, you know, doing stuff with Turning Point USA and you go to these conferences or whatever, I meet a lot of young people and I meet a lot of young men. And, you know, the young men, they come up to, you know, people like me and they come up to, you know, Charlie and, and, and Maga Hulk and Benny Johnson and, and all these different people. Um, and they say that they watch this stuff and they listen to this stuff and nobody is talking to them. And I think it's crazy that, you know, people come up to me, I'm obviously gay, I make no bones and no secret about being gay, but it's almost like, and I've been thinking about this a lot in, in my life and my career and in certain things that I'm doing, my, me being gay is almost irrelevant at this point. It is completely irrelevant to the bigger idea that we're talking about masculinity. But like I said, when... I encounter these young men at these conferences and these people, you know, like the books and like all of that stuff. The, these young men are these young men that I encounter in this conservative movement. And when I say young, I'm talking like 18. I'm talking, you know, probably like we'll say, you know, Turning Point gets a lot of teenagers at the conference. So we'll just say 16 to 23. These men are, are respectful. They're very well put together. You can tell that they were raised in two parent households, by the way. Um, and you can just see that they are struggling with how they negotiate their masculinity in this world or, or, or who they are as men. And I'm glad that at least on this side of the aisle, we are, you know, creating spaces and I guess even having conversations where we're speaking to these young men about what it is to be a man. Like, you know, the, the reporter asked um, Josh Howley, what is it to be a man? Well, a man is a husband, a man is a father, a man is a provider, a man is a worker. This is what a man is. And, you know, this is what a lot of these people, this is what a lot of young men need to realize. And you're not going to get that stuff on the left. I spoke, okay, like, guys, back when I was on the left, I was never a leftist, but I was a liberal and I was on the left. Um, and I did a, a certain amount of activism and, you know, I would speak at some of these conferences, you know, some of them LGBT oriented, some of them just, you know, Democrat conferences or whatever. And you speak to young men that are, I mean, God, like guys, I, yeah, I just have to say it. These men are just like I said earlier in the show. Um, these men are overweight. These men are not assertive. These men do not know how to look you in the eye. These men do not walk around with their chin up. 
And, you know, these were some behaviors that I had when I was on the left. Now, I'm not going to, you know, ascribe all of, you know, the the more positive aspects of, of who I am right now to conservatism. But I will tell you this, is that these messages are not coming from the left. And when you talk about the left's war on men, the issue right now, and if you want to go, and I say, like, if I want to go, if I want to go totally problematic and totally you know, we'll, we'll say Infowars crazy or conspiracy theories crazy or anything like that. If you do believe that that the overall goal is communism, if you do believe that the overall goal is communist rule and is basically rule by the government, then if you, if the overall goal for your movement was rule by the government, which is communism, which is fundamentally what the left is pushing right now, particularly the far left, if that is what you are pushing, wouldn't you want to emasculate, demonize, and sort of de-weaponize men in any way, shape, or form you possibly could? Because you want to eliminate the you know potential pushback that you will have. And I'm just saying this is this is just the stuff that I'm seeing. And you know when I have these conversations with you guys, problematics, and I have these conversations with friends. You know, this stuff seems crazy, but it's not. Think about what the our military is going through right now. Our military, they are putting these young men and women, by the way, but they're putting the vast majority of these are young men, okay? Because fundamentally, and, and we're just going to keep it real problematic here, it is not women that are fighting on the front lines of our wars, okay? It is not women that are in the infantry. The, when I was in infantry, infantry is all male for a reason. It is physically taxing. And this is a problematic thing for me to say. I do not believe that that um, I do not know that being in frontline combat is is the place for women, and that's problematic. And it's whatever I'll say it. And I'm sure I'm sure I'll run, if I run for office in in you know twelve years or something like that, the K file on CNN will <laughs> some some um, some intern will be tasked with listening to eight thousand episodes of Rob Smith is problematic um, to find some you know offhand comment that I made. Um, but when you look at what our military is going through right now, compare this to what is going on in China. China is literally making a pro-masculinity initiative, not only for their military, um, but for their young men in general. Now, I am not pro-China, obviously, but you have to look at this stuff. These are our enemies. Um, there was, a, you know, a clip that went viral a couple of months ago where, you know, the, the U.S. Army uh, had this little cartoon ad um, about, you know, some female corporal recruit that had two mommies. And she learned about equality when she marched through the pride parade with her two mommies. And, and the uh, Russia military ad was, you know, this, you know, shaved bald head, like super ripped, you know, super masculine soldier parachuting down and, and you know, fighting um, on the front lines of combat. And so, you know, this is where we're at here. And so when we talk about the left's war of men, war on men, it is, this is not just something that is in theory, okay? This is something that infiltrates every aspect of our society, and these are things that make us weaker in the eyes of our enemies. And it also, when we talk about the military, these things make us weaker militarily, all right? So problematic. So I want to give you anything with breaking down the left's war on men. And I think that this will probably be a multi-part series because this is this is too important to to, you know, um, sort of try to dissolve into one um, 30 minute episode.
and I'll probably get more into this in, in later episodes if problematics, you know, you guys are listening and subscribing and sharing and all of that other stuff. So this is the left's war on men. The left's war on men is to emasculate them, to break them down. And I think fundamentally, for the far left elements of our society, it is to break these young men down so that they have less of a path of resistance to their goals for a complete and total government control. And if we are not allowed to speak to this, if we are not allowed to speak to masculinity, if we are not allowed to speak to the hopes and dreams and goals and desires um, and difficulties of young men in America, then we will continue to lose them. And that is exactly what the left wants. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and to get my weekly newsletter, please go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, Robert Borowski, researcher Erin Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.